we are back. Welcome back to Stockings First 40-ish minutes or four hours of football adjacent and actually football-centric frivolity. You're here with me, Patty, and I'm here with my co-host, Acid. Acid, I don't know what to expect for this episode. I, I, I don't know. This is all new territory. I don't think we've had so many good things to talk about in, in literally seasons. If you're a longtime listener of the pod, you know there was a wilderness of several seasons where we were scraping the bottom of the barrel just trying to find things to talk about. But now, I don't know. We call ourselves 40-ish minutes of football adjacent frivolity. But Patty, you're right. This could be a four-hour episode. So buckle up. <laughs> And with that, I was going to like say like we what we were going to talk about for the rest of this episode. But honestly, I'm not sure if we'll have time for everything because we're going to want to dive into the football. So apologies to those that um, dial in for uh, BB of the week. It's still here. Don't you worry. We're going to make time for it. But everything else, we cannot promise because there is a lot of football to tackle. And we can't wait to talk about it with our football correspondent and Kumbaya master who has been steering us clear and just keeping us on the North Star, eyes on the prize, Big Toby. <laughs> Not quite big. <laughs> big Tobes. Big yeah. Tobes. Welcome Good to the to pod. Yeah. yeah, what a time to be a fan. Wow. <laughs> just to give some context here, we are second on the table. We are above Arsenal. Ooh. We are one of only two teams left undefeated. And our last three games have been wild. Honestly, none of this feels real. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm staggered every every single weekend now. I mean, on one note, I'm kind of glad we don't have any other football we need to get distracted by, whether it's on the continent or in domestic cups. And that might just be looking on the bright side. But now it's really nice. We can just focus on the Premier League at the weekend. And every weekend, it's a surprise on on what this group of players are pulling out of the bag and the performances that they're putting in every single every single player. It's absolutely astonishing. There were times in this pod wherein we would just gloss over, you know, games and stuff and dive into the one win of like three or the one draw of whatever we had. But guys, this episode, we're covering all three games we played after the international break because international breaks have been um, historically not great for us. We come back with injuries. Everybody's tired. We get fucked. And yet this time, we fucked people over. First up. <laughs> <laughs> and in Sheff the most dramatic ways possible. Exactly. Sheffield United. I mean, I honestly don't know much about this club as I don't know anything about anyone else. But we played them at home. And we somehow squeaked out a 2-1 game coming from behind. I, I honestly, if I turned off the TV and didn't watch stoppage time, I wouldn't have seen the glorious comeback, the latest comeback ever, ever in Premier League history. What a crazy result. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just indicative of how fun to watch Spurs are at this point and how relentless, like, they'll, they never give up. We've had seasons previous, I think, maybe it was under Poch, like, the amount mm. of points that we win from losing positions and we were right up there and here we are again like people talk about the word spursy like this is spursy this is coming back to to steal you know victory from the jaws of defeat so i think the resilience they show i mean it must stem from sun being the captain because that's it's him he just he won't quit so it's it definitely seems to kind of you know go throughout the team that mentality 
the goals came at the stoppage time and I'm always so scared with this new rule for additional time. I know time wastage is, you know, this is the cautionary tale for teams that love the time waste. And my goodness, did Sheffield United go all out on that and we fucked them over in stoppage time. But Rick Carlison, oh my goodness, after the week he had had leading up to this game where he was talking about his mental health and, you know, breaking down on an international break, he equalizes at like the 90th plus what, like eighth minute? And I was like, what? Yes. And everybody was just so happy for him. I was so, I, I almost cried, honestly. This was just so sweet. It, it was sweet. And I just I want to call out the moments after the whistle when the players were celebrating and Sonny, the captain, mm. like physically pushes, like shoves Richarlison towards the fans while running. He really wanted Richarlison to like soak up all of the, the praise and hopefully like continue to build his confidence. Yeah. It, was a, it was a super sweet moment. I loved that. I mean, there's that part of you that's thinking like, Sonny is a great captain, but also when Ricky first joined, there was like, you know, who's going to be the new cutie of the team? There is space for all cuties. All cuties matter. <laughs> you can all be silly, cute boys, and we will have space for you. But also, got to give it to Kulu. Deki mm-hmm. at the 90th of 10 brought us over the top and made us secure that win because I would have been okay with a draw at that point. And I'm just like, you know what? This was a crazy game. Let's just take a draw. And yet, they fucking delivered. Yeah, and what a what a game winner that last goal was. It was a huge team effort. It was about five, six players involved in that with Udogi pressing super high, wins the ball back, very quick feet from Hoybier, and uh, Richarlison with a superb assist. He, he seems to, we noticed it yesterday as well, and seems to have him in a slightly different position, not in the center as a target man, but more on the deep left wing, kind of playing that final ball into Kulu or into Sun, so with the option to shoot, but not just as a kind of standalone guy up front. And he seems to be thriving with it. All the new boys are delivering and showing just how much they can contribute. But it's also so nice to see that when we get the oldies subbed in in the middle of things, they clearly have instant impact. I mean, Perisic, who unfortunately is now freaking <sighs> injured, but yeah, Uncle Ivan, I know it's it, it hurts me, but it's just good to see them all you know, contribute in their own way. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, I know that we still have some squad depth issues and we'll talk more about that in the Liverpool game. But honestly, Sheffield United at home, I didn't know how that would end. And I'm just glad it wasn't a draw because every home game is so precious right now and we really yeah. need that momentum. So, which leads us to the North London Derby. One of the scariest games of the season, I'm not going to lie. I'm always shitting bricks. We have not done very well in the past couple of these. I don't know, guys. What a game. That was wild. It really it really was. Yeah. I, the first note that I put for this game is we're terrified for this because <laughs> we were. We were messaging each other the day before and just feeling really scared. I remember going into it and I was just thinking, let's just not lose. Mm, mm. Like a a draw is fine. And as the game unfolded, I started to believe like, Mm. oh my God, we could actually win this. I think, yeah, again, like the mentality that Spurs seem to bring in it, I think it's really surprising our opponents because we're playing out of the back really confidently with very few mistakes. And I think teams aren't used to this confidence that we're bringing in. I felt like Arsenal never really looked 
like they wanted to go and win it. They were a bit backseat. They were quite reactive. Like, I mean, I thought Saka's stealing Madison's celebration was really tacky because I don't <laughs> think he was that effective on the day. Oh my Couldn't God. score from open play. So, I mean, but yeah, maybe he doesn't get enough support around the rest of his squad. But yeah, I thought we were the better side on the day and they were lucky to have the own goal and, and the penalty. I mean, exactly. Their goals were lucky. And I know sometimes things do go that way. We'll get more again into that in the Liverpool match. But I really felt for Cutty um, Romero when the own goal happened. And you could see how crushed he looked. And how it was just cute how Vic, I mean, Elmo, I mean, our goalkeeper was just like pumping him up and being like, no kid, it's fine. Captain, you're our captain. Let's go. And so it was really nice to see them all really bounce back because this game was just one after the other craziness of like, they score, we score, we equalize, they score again. We're like, fuck, how are we going to do this? And like, honestly, the, the come, Sonny, I, I wish he hadn't like been subbed out because I feel like there would have been, uh, you know, a hat trick there, but a brace at a North London derby, which now makes him like one of the highest scorers for a North London derby or something like that. And just like mm-hmm. amazing. I honestly could not tell an Arsenal player in a lineup and I never could and I really just didn't feel them this time and I can't believe I know it's easy to say that in hindsight I was scared coming into it but the mentality and just how amazing everybody came together was it blew me away yeah same here yeah you know I I keep saying that like the only metric that matters at the end of the day or at the final whistle is the score and that's it like how who who scored more goals Mm. but like you also know that there's a there's a hierarchy of quality (laughs) of goals and I think lower in that hierarchy are definitely the kind of goals that they scored. An own goal is you're just lucky. Mm. <laughs> and a penalty, that, that was, I think it was even based on like a really suspicious call. So yeah. both of their goals, I would say, were like lower tier ones. Neither was from open play and both of ours were from open play. So I'd say, fine, on paper, it's a draw. But I think we know who the real winners are and it's, it's us. But Toby, this I mean, makes me so happy because we were away. Yeah. Yes. No, that, I mean, it was incredible. And I think the defense is absolutely shining. I mean, it's hard, be hard to say it's not one of the best defenses in the league at this point because, I mean, Udogi, and we'll come to it with the Liverpool match, but up against Saka and up against quite a, quite a good Arsenal attack. And his tackling is just ridiculous. His speed is amazing. So... Um, yeah, what a what a player. Really, really glad he's on our side. Again, that was a way. I've that's why I think we were even more terrified. And so when they come home, I'm just I have I have good hopes, you know. I'm not high, I wanna say high hopes, but good enough hopes that things will work out in the end. And honestly, there was a I think a Burberry fashion show right before the Derby where yeah, Sunny and Saka were seated week. next to each other. And I was like, Sir, sir, sir. You do not deserve to be seated next to Sunny. But anyway, moving (laughs) on. (laughs) Neither here nor there. We will touch on our game from last night. And honestly, I'm still buzzing. I am on a high as I have been after every single game. Because even with the draw to Arsenal, I was super ecstatic. This morning at 2, 3, 4 a.m., I finally fell asleep because we smashed for the first time since 2017. Liverpool at home 
yes, they were down to nine men. Still got it. Still counts, baby. Still Absolutely. counts. I think Smash is right. I mean, to me, it didn't really look in doubt. They could have had 13 people on the field. And <laughs> I think we still showed more heart, more quality. And I mean, you can't argue with Salah. He can pull tricks out of a bag. And Diaz as well. Like, what a finish on, on his, you know, would-be goal. But I think, again, the mentality we had and just a, a true 11-man performance and with the subs coming on, just every person just playing their skins off. Like, the best-rated player was apparently, by statistics, was Pedro Porro with um, six tackles, which is absolutely insane. Like, and, and him going forward, he had a few key passes as well, and Kulisevsky was everywhere for 90-plus minutes. Like, relentless attack, in, especially in that last phase. So, uh, like, it's it's crazy the performances that can get lost when you when you have everybody playing like Van de Ven was absolutely unbeatable like you couldn't get by him not in a million years and and that's with Salah and some of the kind of faster attackers in the league so yeah Romero was in the penalty in the, you know the opposition penalty box by the end of the game playing some really nice kind of quick feet triangles in the attack so yeah staggering I mean they couldn't get the ball off Basuma Basuma was all over the place like falling back deep to, to tangle with Salah a few times. So unbelievable. Every every single player. I really felt like in the first minute, it felt like, you know, I listened to podcasts and 2X because who's got time? I thought my speed on the video was at 2X because it felt manic. It's like everybody shot up, got some sugar, got some caffeine, and started sprinting. And I was like, how are they going to keep this Mainlining the yerba mate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, mate. And so it was wild, and I was scared they wouldn't be able to keep it up. And yeah, things got a bit weird with the subs in the end when when Sunny came off and, you know, Madison came off. And I was a bit worried. I'll, I'll, I will admit I was worried there, and I was just like, are we okay to just draw? Because I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm cool with the draw. I'll, I'll take it. But I also didn't want to because when else will we get ref calls going our way, a home game, and nine men in Liverpool. I felt yeah. so annoyed because I knew that it was damned if we did, damned if we didn't, and yet we dared to do it and we fucking did it. Because if we lost that shit, they'd be like, Spursy fuckers. If we won it, they'd be like, well, there were nine men. If you didn't win it, fuck you. Well, guess what? Mm. We won it. I don't care how many men there were on that field because I, I'm still angry over Sissoko. And someone tweeted, this is for yeah. Sissoko. <laughs> because, this is for Skip. Yeah. Exactly. This for is skip. for Dyer. Exactly. This is for, yeah, it's all for the everyone. shit calls against us. And Ange said it really well last week, like with the ridiculous penalty against Romero for the handball. It's like sometimes you get him, sometimes you don't. Like last week as well, and Ketia with a horrible exactly. studs up tackle on Vicario that if he had connected, kind of would have broken his leg, but should have been sent off and wasn't. So it's like these missed calls do have the capability to change the game, but sometimes you get him, sometimes you don't. And that's just the way it goes. Did we get a PG Mall apology last week? We did not. Yeah. Did we care? No. We did not. So no. like, screw yeah. these haters. Sorry, I'm not, I don't feel bad for Liverpool at all because especially no. Champions League is still so raw to me it of is. how it yeah. just completely changed the game with that handball Sissoko fiasco. And it's just like yeah. now, well, sorry kids. I mean, like, come on, you won that game? I'm not saying yeah. give this to us, but like just fucking roll with the punches. Everybody gets bad calls sometimes. And guess what? It's your turn today. We're going to get yeah. it another day. 
Exactly. Yeah, and we've had it previously. We've had lots of dodgy offsides with Sun previously and with Harry, both like where the line is like absolutely atomic level and they're probably onside, but it was given against. And I don't think the red cards are really in dispute at all. I think Judge absolutely deserved to be in the book. He had been warned multiple times, like before his first yellow. And then the, the second one was absolutely clear, cynical attempt to take Udogi down. And uh, who is it that was? Yeah, Curtis Jones. I mean, he was studs up. And as Acid rightfully pointed out, like, these are professional athletes. They know what they're doing with their body. They're pretty coordinated. So you can't just say, oh, he slipped over the top of the ball. Like, he connected with Basuma pretty hard, throwing in his body weight with studs up, a dangerous tackle. Like, yes, it's borderline yellow-red, but you certainly can't complain with a red there. It's it's super fair. We have to protect players, and we can't have a bunch of, you know, ankle and leg-breaking injuries going on. So I think that's pretty indisputable. But I think Ange said something really interesting as well. Tactically, he was saying kind of when you get in a situation like that, you think the solution is just to do more and every individual player wants to do more. And that isn't really the way. Like he wants them to kind of trust the strategy and trust the system. So that's why it's super interesting when like last week or a couple of weeks ago, he brings in Perisic and Ben Davis and, and they end up turning the goal around and yesterday bringing in Hoybier. So it's like, it doesn't necessarily take attacking players to kind of unveil a new attacking threat. Sometimes it's just putting the right players in and it sort of changes the system enough to, to unleash something new that the defense isn't ready for. And I think that's why Matt Tiff put the ball in his own net. It's just, we just unlocked a new dimension with, uh, with Hoybier coming on and, and Sun coming off. So it just threw something out that they weren't ready for. I mean, before I move on to, you know, looking forward, Guys, this is Big Ange. This is all him and his system. And it's really trust the system. I know that there are factions and facets of the internet that is getting ahead of ourselves and just being like, should we? Could we? Will we? And I know there, there's a temptation to feel that. But of course, we're very early on in the season. I mean, screenshot the table. We are top of, you know, almost top of the table. Just the two left undefeated and damn it's just us in man city now at the top and it's a wild feeling to be there and so i don't know guys i know that we need to trust in Ange, and he will stumble at some point i just want the fans to remember just the good feelings because it's been so fun to watch people play it's so fun to see them really try rather than just kind of lose hope you know yeah it's been so much fun and i really i hope i hope when we do inevitably stumble that the the backlash isn't so great like let's let's be patient right and exactly so I think we're just we're super lucky with these early early victories but yeah, yeah it's not sustainable yeah i think and just handled the interviews really well it's huh. never getting ahead of himself it's like not even setting goals at this point which i think is so smart we're just it's just building like we're just kind of figuring out and we have a lot of young players so kind of just getting them acquainted with things so yeah there, there's absolutely going to be setbacks for sure but um yeah i think it's the mentality they have and, and keep learning and just systems so yeah i mean we're we're way ahead of where where we ought to be so it's it's just it's great but if if even if we were down in eighth i you know there's still a lot of value in that so let's let's just hope the performances and the relentlessness keep coming Exactly. And uh, karma is a relaxing thought, but we will park that for now because we've got three games coming up in October. Luton Town away, Fulham at home, and Crystal Palace away. So two away games, one home game, and I 
hate to be the one that asks, but I always do. Scoreline predictions. I'm going to start with, hmm, I think I'm going to start with acid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think this is where my cautiousness, weirdly, my cautiousness Ooh. is coming in. Luton just won, didn't they? Yep. I think they're the first promoted side to get a, a win this season. So definitely not one you want to sleep on if they're, if they're yeah, finding some rhythm. Yeah. Or, yeah. And I saw a tweet that said, like, after like rising to the occasion against teams like Arsenal and Liverpool, it, it could be so classic us to finally lose to a team like Luton Town. <laughs> hey. So I'm, I'm prepared for something like that, but I okay. want maximum points. Okay. I mean... I think, uh, yeah. Every opportunity for maximum points, I think Ange has been, it seems like it's been really smart as well, kind of mixing the players around just subtly, like starting Solomon sometimes, who's been really well and, and kind of really creative and finding that last spark for the goal. So, yeah, I, I think I'm really curious to see who he brings out, maybe mix it up a bit, change up the squad. Let's keep everybody fresh. I mean, he has had his uh, long-standing record and we knock on wood on being undefeated at home and we do have one home game but we are undefeated thus far in the league. And I'm just, I mean, there's a part of me that's just like, draw, 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 just to keep it at it. But you know what? I will be acid today and I will say maximum points. (laughs) That's the only way to go. Toby, thank you so much for joining us once again. Pleasure. What what a time. What a time for Spurs. Kois, kois, kois. Kois, kois, kois. And we are back. And look at that. We actually have some time to talk about the football adjacent frivolity. <laughs> so, okay. So from now on, we're going to talk about the stuff that's adjacent to football, but still, of course, connected to football. We want to break down things that we, we learned during the fan forum. We're going to go down a Mickey Van Deven rabbit hole. Woo. We're going to fanboy or sorry fangirl over fanboy madison for a bit and then of course we're gonna go on to bb of the week which is the crown jewel of this podcast love it let's go all right so fan forum so okay apparently this is a thing that happens every year but it just hasn't happened yeah i I saw i've never i don't at least in my fandom i've I've not heard of it so the dude yeah, been doing on this like for five Spurs years. Twitter. Exactly, but on Spurs Twitter, it, it seems like the fan forum is a thing, but it just hasn't happened recently because the yeah. vibes were just too bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess here's the club seizing the good vibes moment and like scrambling to host the fan forum suddenly. And there's just like three things I want to quickly talk about on this. Um, and maybe, you know, let's start with the weird. So this, I, like, I did not see this happen, but um, it was reported by Charlie Eccleshire Love him. on the Athletics podcast. Supposedly, there's this really weird, cringy moment where Levy goes, we've got our Tottenham back. Ugh. And I think he was talking about how the room kind of like didn't really respond to that because it was like, <laughs> you, you were the guy who was responsible for our Tottenham going away. But anyway, we just wanted to <laughs> throw that out there. We're going to move on to the good vibes things. So two things I want to call out. One is, um, so uh, Twitter user, are we going to call it X? No, Twitter. We're back to Twitter. Twitter user. (laughs) We're back to Twitter. X user just doesn't sound right. Exactly. Twitter user Jomac Official 
went in with the hard-hitting questions. I absolutely love this video. Check out the link if you haven't seen it. I think all of Spurs Twitter has seen it. But basically, she asks Sonny, <laughs> would he rather, because he loves fashion, would he rather win the Champions League but only wear like the same one outfit for the rest of his life? <laughs> Or get to like luxuriate in fashion, but never win the Champions League. And of course, of course, of course, Sonny says it's easy. Of course, he says win the Champions League, <laughs> which I, I love. I love that. And I just wish so I could be actually replied to this tweet saying like at the next fan forum, ask him what that one outfit would be because I'd, <laughs> I'd love to know. No, that's I'd super cute. And I again, Sonny as captain is just such a joy to behold. And I'm so happy. We're so lucky that we get to see him really flourish and seeing him sit along the big boys and, you know, just do his thing. Super cute. Yeah. I'm so proud of him. Like, I feel like a tita that, like, sees, like, yes. your your nephew, like, you know, grow up and answer. Na- He's answering tough questions now and doing it so eloquently and just so proud of him. I can't get over it. I'm really, I'm so proud of him. One last thing about the fan forum. So the fan forum was winding down and the host was saying, okay, that's all we've got time for. And, <laughs> and like, I know. And it's, I really think, I think this was orchestrated. Oh, for it's sure. orchestrated as hell, but for I love sure. it anyway. Yeah. yeah. And just like, oh no, wait. Stop. <laughs> there's, there's one more question. <laughs> and he points mm-hmm. to Owen in the fan, in the like fan area and says, there's, there's the best question. Oh, I think gosh. he said that. Yeah, I know exactly. Which is like, how would he have known, right? If it I wasn't know, planted. I know. Which mm. I, I love. I just I'm the vibes are so good. If this was if this was orchestrated during the worst of times, oh, I'd yeah. be so cynical about it. But now I love it. I'm like, go for it. No, and so, you know what? The PR team needs to milk this shit. So go for yes. it. Yes. Yeah, and they are. They're milking it. So Owen asks how much you're going to win this season and of course and just gives a great answer but that's that's almost beside the point i think what what was the biggest news was Ange being like stop we can't end the show there's one more question uh, he's such a bad actor because he's so sincere that when he's being like yes. facetious and like having to act that's like dude you are not an actor it's okay you can't do everything perfectly, which I think yeah, is cute. Yeah. He's just it's so lovely. Cute. We can go on and on about how amazing he is, honestly. And uh, yeah. yeah, anyway. But yeah, th- there is, I think, something we want to go on and on about. <laughs> For sure. Um, guys, I know that our criminal, Patriarchy, um, isn't able to do much recruitment now from I don't know what jail he's in or whatever. Um <laughs> But whatever he's been doing in the background, because we know he's still definitely orchestrating things, he's doing something well because recruitment has been hiring not just the youngest boys. Um, I feel very Tita and Lola, um, seeing how old they are. But guys, they're really cute. They're really Mm -hmm. freaking cute. It is a Hollywood teen rom-com come to life. It's like a 10 Things I Hate About You meets High School Musical meets everything. Because with VDV, Mickey Van Deven, and then now... We have this guy named Luca who was like literally like 16 or something. And we signed him, but he can only join us when he turns 18. And this guy really looks like, I don't know. He feels like one of those, like, she's the man soccer players. It was really just, it, it's so good. And honestly, I'm all for it. This is why I love Spurs <laughs> more than the talent. Guys, they're really cute. Luca, I don't want to say his last name because I might fuck it up, but... He's really cute, guys. Check out the link when they announce it because this is wholesome, handsome, 
boy band vibes and I am all here for it. Absolutely. Um, I'm not the only one. Again, they're making grown men, uh, also known as Charlie Parrish on Twitter. Um, he tweeted this thing that says, Mickey has such main teen movie character energy that there he is, front and center in the Kulu goal celebrations, despite being having been subbed off five minutes before. And you see them all. I mean, Acid and I brought this up. Cel- celebrations, also known as cellies, are one of the big reasons why I love watching football games. And there they are, a little barcada of cute boys hugging wholesomely in front of the South Stand. And you know what, Charlie Parrish, you're not alone. I love it as well. Love it. Yeah, that's really what we're here for, honestly. <laughs> if it, <laughs> it just if it we're comes being honest. down to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just more on Van de Ven. I, I, somehow I feel like he was created by Spurs scientists in a lab because he's really just perfect. Like the scientists got together and felt like, okay, there's a Jan Vertonghen shaped hole in the soul <laughs> of the club. So let's create Mickey to replace that. And this tweet, just check out the link from Axel THFC. It's just a photo, classic photo of Jan. Love him. And the caption says, Mickey Van de Ven. <laughs> and it just, it just gets to the heart of what we're all feeling. He really it's... is the reincarnation. It's really so good. And and like the, these next two links, like one is a Reddit thread that talks about Charlie Eklisher's um, interview on The Athletic with Van de Ven. And then a, you know, because we're, why not? It is a Van de Ven's black hole doom scroll amazingness because they ended this um, Tottenham Hotspur like on the official YouTube channel driving home with Mickey Van de Ven. And it's such, it's been such a while since we had this kind of content because again, wholesome, happy vibes. But Van de Ven himself has really just been like, you know what? I was there watching the miracle of Amsterdam. What? What? And, you know, he, mm. he, he could feel it already then that he, he, this was a place he wanted to be. And that, you know, all the gems we got from this interview saying that Sonny, of course, took him under his wing. Why wouldn't Sonny not do that? Of course, Sonny is doing this. But really, really, he plays a lot with matters. And like, I, I love that the captains are taking on the new kids and kind of like, just, I, I love it. Sorry, Acid, I know you were supposed to talk about that, but I'm no, just, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited about this and seeing him love Jan and Jan co-signing all of this by liking, you know, these posts. I'm just so happy. It makes me so happy. It, yeah, it, just, it makes me so happy. That, that really just, I mean, you summed it all up perfectly. It's, it's great. It's the passing of the baton and I'm, I'm here for it. No, I mean, as I said, I know we can get into the video a bit because actually there's so much in that wonderful YouTube video that that really talks about, it really reminds me of old school content wherein we would pour through every detail and I'm here for it. It really is when the club is doing well, right? Because, you know, you want to, you're feeling good and you want more content from it. And I'm glad the Spurs team hasn't forgotten how to produce content because it's been a while, guys. Um, It really, it has. And like, we absolutely recommend check out Driving Home with Mickey Van de Ven. It's on Tottenham Hotspur YouTube channel. And it's just, it's, again, of course, it's, it's definitely scripted and orchestrated, but it's such a cute idea for a video. yeah. And I wish they'd do this with all the players. They so it's need basically to. the host. Yeah. Exactly. Like driving someone home, driving a player home. And, and, and I wish and, they'd and, follow it on with like a home tour. And exactly. Get ready it's with like, me. It's like an architectural digest, you know, 73 questions. And you know what? I don't care if they're not actually driving home, although I wish they would because in the true spirit of stalking Spurs, it would be nice to know where they did live, but that's a bit creepy. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Van Deven, we love you. I'm excited. And you know what? It's not just Van Deven. 
it matters matters too. Ah, uh, you know what? This ma- medicine is giving us a masterclass in pandering him. to I fans. I love him. I love him. I love him so much. All of his content with his children saying, <laughs> come on, you Spurs. It's like, it's again, so on The Athletic, they were saying, like, this is like this is him really playing up to, to the fans. And, like, it, it could not be genuine at all. But I don't care. We I love this care. shit. I want to be pandered to. Exactly. <laughs> like, guys... Now was the time to pander. There is something to pander about. So keep at it. Keep pandering. Totally. Yeah, and I just love the... the uh, everyone saw Saka doing, like, ripping off <sighs> his celebration. And there's just two two pieces of content that I just, I love. So somebody asked, like, in this first video from Tottenham Tears, the interviewer asks, like, if he saw it. And, like, Madison's like, no, he must have still been doing it when I changed it for the first goal. <laughs> and just casually walks away. He casually uh, walks away. He's so good. He's and then so another good. interviewer in this video from the Spurs web Twitter, um, I think the interviewer asks, hey, uh, did, like, again, like, did you did you see that? And he goes, yeah, but his action was terrible, though, wasn't it? And again, just casually walks away. <laughs> like he's borderline cocky but also he plays it off as like oh i was just kidding you know like he does it so well like it's not annoying and i know it's because we like yeah. him but he's just so good <laughs> he's so good he is he is and he's like we're not the only fans amazing no not Arsenal at all icon. exactly i didn't even know who this guy was but Ian Wright, apparently, why would I know an Arsenal icon? But hey, now I do, because of all the stupid punditry we've been getting, I'm kind of really annoyed with just how, you know, the the media, the agenda, the media agenda is just super biased against us. But you know what? I love being an underdog. Anyway, Ian Wright, um, on this tweet from the Spurs Watch, uh, he commented on the North London Derby, and he said, they're impressive. James Madison symbolizes Spurs. They have a fresh, young, cocky naivet about them. Yes, it's beautiful. It sounds a bit backhanded, but it's also actually a compliment. They've got players that can scare you. Udogi, Vicario, Vandeven looks very accomplished. Sar, Bizuma, Son, you can feel this team. They're together and they know they, that they can play. If I'm Tottenham, I'm feeling pretty good. We, Arsenal, I feel like we're going to have to keep an eye on them. As hard as it is for me to say, I think they're on their way with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. That is mad, like praise and respect because this derby is not a joke people kill each other for this and we're getting praise matters and the whole squad from this guy we must be doing something right ian right (laughs) (laughs) it just makes me happy acid yeah it's i i am too it's just this is the most joyful we've been on this pod for a very long time (laughs) we're on a high but it's not over yet because when we're back, I know we ran through this in lightning speed, but we would never forget your favorite segment of this episode. When we're back, it's Spurs BB of the Week. And now the feature we've all been waiting for, <laughs> BB of the Week. To those who scrubbed through the entire podcast to get to this point and this point only, <laughs> hi, welcome. <laughs> we know who you are. basically for anyone new bb of the week this is the section where patty and i crawl through the internet and social media to find content around spurs babies Um, and we just talk about them that's it so if you're out there 
out in the Twitter Spurs Twitter wilderness or Spurs Instagram wilderness and you see some Spurs baby or Spurs baby related content, please tag us at yes. Stalking Spurs on both Twitter slash X or Instagram. Love it. Anyway, we kick this off. Oh my God, aggressive. Here we go. <laughs> Check out this Instagram post from Anna Dyer, formerly Anna Modler. It's just oh a vacation photo of her basking in the sun, visibly pregnant with, <sighs> yes, with a caption, baking. Congrats to you guys. What an announcement. I, I love this shit. I mean, this girl has always been yes. like, I'm very cool. And yes, you are. And I'm cool. I love that you announced it. Thank you for announcing it. I'm looking at new Emily Kaplan design. Come on. <laughs> With all of your secrecy. <laughs> I'm so happy. And this is like the super tita in me. Um, guys, Dyer got married like two weeks ago or something. Like super recently. <laughs> and I love it. I'm a modern non-prude. But the tita side of me is like, I? She was preggers now when they got married. <laughs> inkling of this because yes. of the few photos from their wedding there's one photo of like a toast mm. and everyone's holding a champagne flute except for Anna mm -hmm. so there's a bit of an inkling and I think this confirms it oh this definitely confirms it and I love that we were of course on top of that why wouldn't we um, but yeah congrats Eric and Anna I'm so happy for you guys yeah Next, we're going to check in on Bentancur. We haven't seen him on the pitch I in know. a really long time. He is recovering, but we did get a glimpse of him at yesterday's game. If you check out his Instagram, his most recent post is it's pictures of him, um, Melanie, uh, Men Melanie Labanca, am I pronouncing this correctly? I think his so, partner yeah. and their baby at the Liverpool game and just having a nice time and hopefully really looking forward to getting back on the pitch oh my gosh hi guys you are so yes. cute in your matching athleisure wear <laughs> i love it when they make babies wear like all these clothes that clearly uh there is no use for but i love it i love it nevertheless <laughs> all right um speaking of uh bbs we are in bb of the week kennedy alexa I know it's too, like a last name with a first name, but I'm really not sure which is her first name and which is her last name. But anyway, this is Matters of Soap. And she's gorgeous, a baby herself, honestly. She looks very, very youthful. Neither here nor there. It's a baby photo, obviously. And uh, the baby is celebrating their, I guess, a birthday because she says, my first baby isn't a baby anymore. So actually, I'm not sure if it's a birthday or she's just like, you know, announcing the passage of time, which is... Uh, Quite interesting given how young they all are, but okay, I feel like the grandma in this situation. Scroll through these pictures because it is quite cute. The coordinates that Leo is wearing is just so cute. It's just like, you know, very brown, as my mom likes to call it, very Kanye West kids color palette. And I feel like um, the Madison family is very into that, but it's super cute. And then you see like the third photo where like um, Leo is just like eating ice cream super cheekily and his sister is in a carrier on the side and just having a grand old time i love this good job kids thank you for staying cute thank you for being part of bb of the week yeah up next papa emerson so a few weeks ago the hype video for this baby <laughs> dropped <laughs> and over there is the no past there's over the past week and a half, the, the actual baby <laughs> dropped. Mm. 
So we just want to say a congratulations to the Emerson Royale family. Oh, yeah. He posted photos of like, this is the actual birth, man. This, <laughs> these feel like such intimate photos. The baby is literally like womb fresh. Oh, my goodness. And he's cutting the umbilical cord in one of them. Oh, wow. This Amazing. Is, this is raw. This is raw it's stuff. Raw. Yeah. We just want to say welcome to the world, you little Virgo. <laughs> and <laughs> we hope to see more photos of you soon. Yeah. Congrats, Emerson. We're super proud of you. But really, guys, we come to the end of BB of the Week. And uh, I think this is our oldest ever BB winner um, because this week's winner of BB of the Week is Pierre Emile Hoybier. Nope, not his kids, himself. Um, at uh, his Instagram, Hoybier posts this photo of him in an Adidas tracksuit in like the Copenhagen cafe and on the side of the road with a older woman. And how do I know it's his mom? Because his caption goes, match winner yesterday, still mama's boy today. And this is in reference <laughs> to him winning the uh, match, the game um, against uh, the Denmark international game. And he scored the winning point. So you know what? This is giving me and really reminding me of Minaman Minaman energy, which is essentially my energy as a middle child. I wonder if Paramil is a middle child. And this is um, something I would need to look into. But I'm loving this. Put yourself at the center of it. Yes, you are still mama's boy. Yes, you qualify for BB of the week. You are a BB. You are your mama's BB. So congratulations to our oldest ever winner thus far of BB oh, of the week. Pierre Milhoibier, we give it to you. Congrats. All right. Congrats, BB Hoibs. <laughs> <laughs> and we've reached the end of our episode. I want to say thank you to Acid and Toby for joining us and to everyone that has yeah, listened thanks, along. Patty. Yeah, no, this has been amazing. Uh, we hope to edit it faster than a month's time this time around. Um, thanks everyone for sticking around. If you aren't following us on our socials, we're at Stalking Spurs on Twitter, also known as X, and on Instagram because we are millennials through and through. Keep us posted if you want to hear about anything. More BBs, more games. We are loving Big Ange. We are loving this football. We've got our Tottenham back. Yes, Levy, we do. Not thanks to you, but we do. <laughs> Stay safe, everyone. We'll see you next time. Come on, Spurs. Spurs.